Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. Freedom. This is what I call freedom. Finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad.
All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Ashley Judd, stupid fucking slut. You can't sue someone for calling them a cunt. If you can't handle the internet, fuck off, whore. I wish Ashley Judd would die a horrible... Ah, oh, Ashley, don't put yourself down like that. That's not right. <laughs> okay, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio, straight up broadcasting out of the city of Chicago. Um... Yeah, we're near the lakefront. It's, it's daylight savings time. It's October, and um, we're feeling great here. We are feeling really great. I mean, you know, we, we're. I, I hope you're with your family, and you're feeling great also. But if not, you know, I mean, you got to make the best of it, okay? You've been, um, you're listening to the George Wanda. Oh, my mouth is broken today, folks. I can't seem to get anything out. Um Anyway, uh, I hope it's uh, wherever you are in the world. I hope you're feeling great. I hope you're feeling positive. I hope you want to dance in some in some cases. Um, you know, if you can't, then just just get that feeling like you want to get up and move. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's a great day. It's a wonderful day, and I hope everybody's feeling great and wonderful. And thank you for tuning in to the George Wilder Junior Show. As always, it's always appreciative, and it's always. Um, an honor for me to do the show. I know there's a thousand, maybe a million other podcasts or radio shows that you could be listening to online or over the air, whatever. You don't have to actually choose this show, but you do. And I totally appreciate that. And uh, we all do. Everybody here, we uh, appreciate that. Uh, at least I hope they do. You never know what people are thinking. <laughs> but anyway, uh, welcome to the show, and uh, I want to say to everybody out there, stay positive, stay up, stay alert, uh, stay doing what you love. Let no one um, talk you out of doing what you talk you out of doing what you love. Let no one take away your happiness. I don't care who the hell they are. Let no one do it. Uh, if you have a goal in life, you have an ambition. If you want to get somewhere in life, do it. Let nobody talk you out of it. Let nobody uh, try to uh, do things to you that will hinder you from reaching your higher heights that you are seeking. It's people out there that will try to get uh, you back. They'll see that you have a dream and that you have ambitions and that you have goals and you know what you want out of your life, and these people will try to stop you from doing that. They're out here in every crevice corner of the United States, every crevice and corner of the world. You know, people out there, they see that you have the ambition and the drive and the talent to, to be much better than they are, and they don't like that. So they're going to put themselves in the position to try to make you feel worthless, to try to make you feel as though you don't deserve the success that you are seeking. Just be, the, the, the kinds of people that do that kind of thing are usually failures themselves. If anybody tries to stop you from being the best that you can be, look at their life. What are they doing? They're not doing anything. Uh, Chris Rock, um, if you know him, 
comedian. He alluded to something a few years ago when he was doing the uh, Oscars. He said everybody was trying to tell him not to do the Oscars. Don't do the Oscars. Whatever you do, do not go up there and do that show. Do that show, that Hollywood show. And Chris said, everybody who's telling me not to do the Oscars, telling me not to do this, are unemployed. So you see, you, you get what I'm saying. A lot of people who try to hold you back. And there's, I've, I've had people online contact me and say, hey, my boyfriend or this, my uh, people in my family or some people who are not supportive, they're trying to hold me back to keep me from reaching my goal, to keep me from doing the things I love. And I, I always tell them, do not let that happen. And don't try to, and a lot of times people will try to make you feel um, like a failure yourself. When you're not the failure, they're the ones who are trying to keep and hold you back. Let nobody hold you back. Let no one keep you from your dream. I don't care who they are, your family members, uh, your best friends, uh, people who are saying that they're supporting you in everything you do, but it doesn't feel like it, that they're supporting you. Um. So do not let anybody anywhere stop you from doing what you were doing. Because, because if I let, if I, in my earlier years, if I had let people stop me from doing what I uh, uh, wanted to do and love, I would not be on the radio today. I would not be the writer that I am today. I would not have the... Um, the the books and the and the writings that I have on Amazon, I would not have that. I wouldn't be the person I am today if I don't let people um, hold me back. And believe me, boy, they were coming at me. <laughs> they were coming at me from all sides. They tried everything, but but um, but it didn't hold me back. It just didn't. I was it it delayed uh, me. Uh, a little bit. It delayed some of the things I wanted to do, but it never actually stopped me from, they never actually stopped me from doing what I wanted to do. They tried. They really tried. And and I know it's happening to other people. And I, it, it, it's happening all the time. It could be happening, happening in your household. It could be happening at your workplace. You know, it could be happening, you know, anywhere in the world to people. And they're out there. You, you've got a lot of um, young ladies who are, who are so ambitious. They have so much talent, so much drive. You know, suddenly they meet the wrong people. They meet the wrong kinds of people. And their dreams and, and their goals are just, you know, slashed, if not totally eliminated. Because of the, some of the people that they meet, some of the guys that they meet, uh, you know, um, put them down, you know, so, and people put you down a lot. They put you down, especially if they see you trying to be something and they're not anything. So don't let anybody anywhere tell you that you can't do something or you shouldn't do something or they're going to try, try and throw you out of the house from elevating yourself to the highest heights. Even if you get thrown out of the house and you made homeless, uh, uh, keep your head about yourself. You know, uh, uh, tell yourself you're not going to stay homeless. You're going to fight this. You're not going to let these people do this to you because they want to see you dead or either they want to see you just helpless 
because they feel that you may try to make something of yourself, make something out of your life. And they don't want that. They don't like that. A lot of people don't like to see you that, that you've elevated yourself. They don't they can't stand that. Some people. I'm not gonna I'm not saying all. And I like I said before, I wouldn't say anything on this show that I haven't experienced myself. Like I said, if I don't let people just uh uh try to destroy me or try to destroy what I wanted to do with my life, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here helping other people today. It would not be happening. But I told myself, and I hope you tell yourself, these people who aren't nothing, these people who are not about anything, how in the hell are they going to tell me or try to dictate my life for me or tell me what to do? So, you know, I mean, if you if you're uh, out there and and you've uh, been through this kind of thing, or you know someone who's been through this kind of uh, uh, I don't know this kind of mess, <laughs> it is a mess. Believe me, this kind of uh, you've had this kind of experience in your life, or you know someone who's had this kind of experience. Talk to them, you know, talk to them and say, hey, well, because people will come to you. And say that they that they're doing something great. They want to do this. They want to be that. And then there's somebody holding them back or trying to keep them from becoming the best that they can be. You know, throwing them out of the house or belittling them, belittling them to other people. Yeah, people talk nasty about you. Say rotten things. Say lying things. Things that are not true. And just it still so happens. So many people believe it. And you know, but about you. So if people are talking about you, saying this and making you feel bad, ostracizing you just because you want to be something better. You want to be something that they're not. You want to take your your life to higher heights. You know, the people are trying their best to make you feel guilty over, over uh, wanting to be something, wanting to make something out of your life. These folks are out here. But uh, and they're going to be out here forever. They're going to be doing it because, you know, these are kind of people that do not want you get anywhere, do not want to see you make anything of yourself. They will lie on you. They will throw you out of the house. They will maim you. They will uh, uh, physically touch you and physically beat you or whatever, because they feel that you may be trying to be something that they're not or they can't be. You see, you you get some mean and nasty people in the world, and uh, they are mean and nasty, and they are going to try and hold you back. I don't care who they are. Don't let anybody hold you back. If you have a dream, dream it. If you have a goal, pursue it. It may take some time. They may, you know, if you're dependent on these people, and they may try to do certain things like throw you out of the house or tell a bunch of lies on you or... or um, Try to get other people to hate you because they do. Um, you just can't let that happen. You gotta. It's happening, and uh, you know you just gotta move on. And and I want you to know that the George Wilder Jr. Show understands, and this is why we're. I'm talking about this topic today. But you know, it just this has just come off the top of my brain, really. So, but I know this is happening because I had a friend that 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 it happened to also. 
And there's thousands, millions of other people that are probably happening to already also. A lot of people don't meet their goals or their potential or do what they want to do in life to elevate themselves because there's someone somewhere holding them back. No one can hold you back. You shouldn't let anybody hold you back. I don't care what they say. You have to believe in you. Even if they do not believe in you, you believe in yourself. You show them that they're wrong that you can do great things. If you let other people hold you back, they will hold you. You can't do that, especially if you uh, are dedicated in reaching uh, a positive goal in your life. And um, you, you really can't let people hold you back. They will try to do that. And you have to, you have to recognize it when someone to you from being the best that you can be. You have to recognize something that they may say. It'll be in something uh, you can probably detect it in something that they might do against you when you when you're trying to um, uh, make something out of yourself. You may see you may see a bigger a bigger uh, you may have a, a a larger world view of what you want to do with your life, and they may have that small view of what they want to do with their lives, if anything. All right, you've been listening to the George Water Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Thanks, folks. It is what time is it? Six seventeen p.m. Chicago time. This is the George Water Jr. Show. We are on four days a week, Monday through Thursday. Thursday seven. We start at six o'clock to 7.30, hour and a half, sometimes two hours. And we can do three hours sometimes. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But uh, your host, George, here, we have, uh, I have, actually, you know, um, writing. I'm, I'm, I'm writing some stuff right now. I'm an author, as you probably already know. Um, I'm, I'm trying to mix it up. I'm, the things that I write and produce, I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. You know, and uh, to be uh, diverse in some of the things I do. And, um, you know, so I guess that's what writers do, you know, and I try to have fun. And when I have authors on my show, I tell them, and people who are aspiring writers, I try to tell them that if you want to write, write. If you, if you don't, don't. <laughs> that's up to you. But if you're going to write, write. I don't look for any money. I don't look for a big payday, especially if you're not a famous writer. And you don't know agents. You don't have any agents or producers or anything like that. Um, writing is tough. It's, it's it's a tough field to make a living in. It really is. Uh, as I've always said on the show, but still and all, when you write, you want to get recognized as a writer, you have to write good stuff. And you have to edit and format your material in a way where someone is going to want to buy it. Uh, but it has to be good stuff. I mean, you can have, you could, if it's good stuff, as I was talking to an author the other night, your writing can find legs of, it, legs of, it, of its own. People are going to go and uh, find your work. And when they do find your work, if they love what you do, they're going to tell other people. But if they don't love, if they do not love what you do, nobody's gonna. They're not, they're not gonna tell anybody. 
they're not going to let anybody know that your writing is there. I, I've, I've told one writer, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how many reviews that your work has gotten, you know, because a lot of, a lot of people love books. They read books, but they will not leave a review for some reason or other. You have to ask them. But I've always said reviews aren't the only thing that will sell your book. Of course, 10, 20, 30, 40 reviews or, or more, look, they look good. They look good uh, on your Amazon page. However, if you have one or two or three reviews, five-star reviews, that's just as good as a thousand, you know. But still in all, in order to get those reviews, you have to have you you have to you have to have your writing has to be good and people who come along and sample your stuff your your writing your published writing i mean the first page you got to hook people from the very first page because that sample is going to tell them whether they should buy your book download your book or even tell other people about your book so you have to hook people from the first page. And I, I always say that because there are 250 million books published every year. And believe me, you are competing with every one of those books. And majority of those books are very, some good stuff. That's some good stuff, majority of them. I've read some books. I've read and downloaded uh, other authors, writers' uh, books. And some of that stuff I was totally disappointed in because um, you have grammar mistakes, you have all kinds of mistakes, you have spelling mistakes, you have, you know, I've heard authors say, well, they don't like commas. Well, then that's an author I probably do not want to read his or her work. Commas play a very, very good role in writing. You know, so it does. And I know commas, you know, I mean, when you use a comma, it's like taking a breath. You know, every time you talk, you take a breath, that's a comma, you know, and uh, commas are very important within essays, anything that's written down. I mean, you have to use commas and periods. <laughs> it's totally, totally, you'd be surprised at uh, so much of the writings out here that don't have periods in the proper places or capitalizations, or, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I go on my little rant, folks. <laughs> the talk and commentary and more on the George Wilder Jr. Show. America has no place for dictators, kings, emperors, people. The people are in control. We are in control of America, not Donald Trump, not the Republicans. It's the people of America. We are in control. We are the leaders. We are the bosses. We are... Um, the kind of people we are the people that are in control we just have to take control all right hate has no home here folks can't say that for the white house <laughs> be kind of one another racism will not will make it much harder but keep trying keep trying the george wilder jr show is now in the air we're going to take us a, a little bit of a break folks and we will be back let's see what we got here We'll be right back, folks. Hang in there. Bye-bye. Stop.
right. <laughs> this is George Wilder. You can always find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm all over the place. Google. I mean, when you're when you're out there, you're out there. Especially if you if you're a guy like me, you can always find me. I'm I'm, I'm you know, give me some feedback on the show. What do you think? Whether you like it or not, what do you think can be done a lot better? Because I love creative uh, input, and you know, you can give me the negative too. <laughs> Sometimes I can work off that too. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, WTTTY Chicago. Not witty, but WTTTY. All right, let's go here. You're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. Hi, I'm calling from Tulsa. My name is Angela. My question is, have you heard of the Shannon... Hi. My question was, have you heard of the Shannon Kepler trial, um, murder trial of the killing of Jeremy Lake? No, I haven't. I'm a little uh, in the dark on that one. Well, this was the fourth murder trial of Shannon Kepler. Uh, He -hmm. was a former Tulsa police officer that killed his daughter's boyfriend. Uh, Jeremy Lake. You know, does I that think ring I, a bell I, at all? Yeah, I think it ha- does. I, I, I think I've heard something to that effect, but somehow I didn't really pay much attention to it, but it does ring a bell. Well, we've had three mistrials, but last night at 1131, we got a verdict, and he was convicted of manslaughter one. At 15 years, $10,000 recommended, Sentencing is November 20th, and I was there. I was there for two and a half of the trials. Wow. So how do you feel about it? I feel like finally we have a verdict and the right one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm relieved. I'm so relieved that the Lake family doesn't have to go through a fifth trial. Imagining, yeah. Imagine hearing the testimony and your son's name drugged through the mud. For not one, but four trials. Wow, that that that's something. At, at least it's. So, you, do you think it's uh, over now, or there's something else that may come? Oh out yeah, of it? it's over. They'll appeal it. They'll appeal it. But that's mm-hmm. his attorney's duty to appeal it. That's his yeah. job. So, and we understand yeah. that. But he was led away in handcuffs and taken into custody. I mean, I was there for the Betty Shelby trial. The Eric Harris trial, the, oh gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. It was a federal trial, the the uh, vet that was, well, anyway, I was there for that one too. I'm, I'm just really tired still. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of yeah. exhausted because you, you're there for all of them. I am. So, um, I, I, do, do you write about this? Uh, yes, I do. And I have videos okay. and clips and. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's mm-hmm. tiresome right now, but uh, my group's called Political Woodstock. But most okay. of my, my writings, because I was really tired at 2 in the morning, uh, my name's mm-hmm. Angela Utley, U-T-L-E-Y, on mm-hmm. my Facebook mm-hmm. page. Yeah, and I finally yeah. got a sponsor yeah. for Political Woodstock, so I'll have a website coming. I, I don't know when, but it's coming. I believe it's coming because it seems like you have a, a lot of insight into into this into these incidents and, and stuff and everything. So how long have you been writing? Um, I was on Major Market Radio in 1995, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I had to do writing along with that. So uh, wow. 
and under different names, though. I... <laughs> okay. All right, Angela, thank you well, for no. your input, and thank, thank you for telling, uh, letting us know that. All right? Have a good day. Good night. Bye-bye. All righty. Welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Black Talk Radio. Six three four seven eight five seven one seven six two is the call letters for the show. And let's see if we have someone else. Let's go During here. an interview with Politico that was posted online this week, White House advisor, White House aide, whatever you want to call her, White House spokesperson maybe, Kellyanne Conway, took a shot at her critics once again. She told Politico that her criti- critics were, quote, unhappy people with poison keyboards. I guess what she's trying to say is that they're a bunch of internet trolls going out there just saying mean old things to Kellyanne who really isn't doing anything wrong. She doesn't understand why people are being so mean and horrible to her these days. Now, according to this interview that she gave with Politico, she had explained to her children that, yeah, look, mommy's going to be doing this thing. People are going to come at her. It's going to be you know, pretty ugly sometimes, but just deal with it. To be honest, that is a very good thing to tell your children. Yeah, when you're in the public spotlight, there's going to be the naysayers. But if she took the time to explain that to her children, maybe she should have taken the time to explain to her children that, hey, listen, mommy's going to have to go on TV and lie through her teeth to the American public about things that never happened. She is the one who came up with the term alternative facts. She's the one who invented the Bowling Green massacre that never happened. So I understand nobody likes to get criticized, but Kellyanne, you're inviting this on yourself. The people who criticize you, who call you out, are not unhappy people. I can tell you firsthand, I'm a very happy person. I love my life right now. But I will continue to criticize you anytime you feel the need to go on television and lie to the American public on behalf of Donald Trump. Anytime you make up a fake terrorist attack, we're going to be there as will everybody else online. And it's not because we just dislike you. It's because we don't want you to continue to dumb down the United States. This is our civic duty to hold you and everyone else in your White House accountable. So you may think it's fine to go out there and give these interviews and attack the people who you claim are attacking you. But the truth is, all we're doing is trying to hold you accountable and to be honest, try to undo some of the damage that you're inflicting on the public today. There are Republicans out there in the United States today who, honest to God, believe that the Bowling Green Massacre was a thing, that it happened, that it was carried out by Iraqi immigrants, and that U.S. citizens died as a result of it. And that's all on you, Kellyanne. You're poisoning the public discourse. It's not the the people who dislike you. They don't have the problems. You do. And you need to learn. Yesterday, I called out the, the guy in the White House for his silence over the four Green Berets killed in Niger. And here's what he had to say about that later on in the day. Take a look, please. Toughest calls I have to make are the calls where uh, this happens. Soldiers are killed. President Obama and other presidents, most of them uh, didn't make calls. A lot of them didn't make calls. I like to call when it's appropriate, when I think I'm able to do it. Just thought it'll take some time off his golf game. Well, you know, I think most presidents 
make those calls. I'm sorry. And quit. You know what? Listen, just say, you know, maybe you hadn't gotten to it yet, but you don't need to bring in Obama. What is wrong with you? Obama does not, you know, just stop. Say you, you can say you're dealing with it, you can, but you don't have you don't have to reach out because it turns out to be a lie. Well, and these things you know? are typically well, done in private because they're very personal. Someone's lost their lives, so it's not something that they do and then broadcast. By the way, I, I spoke with four people. To, you know, like you don't typically do that. The thing that bothers me now is these families are still listening to this conversation. How sincere does it seem when you make that phone call now and you had to consult other people to know mm -hmm. that you just wanted to say, I don't know what to say, but I called. Like I. I care. Well, but he's obsessed with Obama and Hillary Clinton. Yesterday he was talking about her again. It's like, move it along. But it just seems to me whenever he's criticized, because he was being criticized for not having called the families of the four fallen soldiers in Niger. Right. Um, and when he's criticized, his intuitive reaction seems to be to point the finger somewhere right. else. And that's exactly what we tell our children not to do, right? So when, when our kids do something wrong, they say, well, Bobby did it too. I'm like, right. is Bobby's last name Hostin? No, right. I don't care what Bobby did. <laughs> And so I think we need to call him on it and say, you know, you're the president now. Yeah, yeah. You do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, I never understand any sort of attacking on either side of the aisle that has anything to do with the military or fallen soldiers. I yeah. think all of us collectively as Americans, you would be hard-pressed to find someone that would want to politicize that. So I'm always sort of confused by the political capital that he expends when he says things like this. That being said... You know, he ran as a much more isolationist candidate than traditional Republicans do, mm -hmm. saying, you know, we're not going to go into any more wars. We're going to bring less soldiers are going to come home in coffins under my presidency. And he's actually turned out to be a lot more hawkish than I had anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see if he continues to sort of go, by the way, ideologically in the vein that I'm in, what ends up happening with his supporters, because a lot of his base of supporters are really sick of being overseas, of being in the Middle East. Yeah. So I'm more interested policy-wise what he does going forward I think most I think most of our soldiers you know they they soldier up and they do it but yeah. you know they're doing five and six and seven yeah. tours you know Eight, nine, ten. it's crazy it's crazy and just not for nothing but defense secretary Leon Panetta did mention that Obama made calls to families just yeah. saying so now uh, Yes, we just dealt with that. So former aides, yeah, right. He also answered questions yesterday about why his administration seems to be having so much trouble getting stuff done and through. Take a look. I have great relationships with actually many senators, but in particular with most Republican senators. But we're not getting the job done. And I'm not going to blame myself, I'll be honest. They are not getting the job done. We've had health care approved, and then you had a surprise vote by John McCain. Uh, we've had other things happen, and uh, they're not getting the job done. Again, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. That's yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> so his base agrees with him, though. They think he's doing a, a fine job. They think the politicians are, are the problem here, don't they? You know, he looked the opposite of Harry Truman, because Harry Truman, the famous quote from Harry Truman was, the buck stops here at his desk. Mm -hmm. This is like the opposite of that. The buck doesn't stop here. Stops over there. <laughs> well, he also ran on a total deal-maker platform that I'm going to make these great deals. I'm going to yeah. cross the aisle. I know how to make the best deals. Well, you can't then just put it off on, on the party 
party, the Congress, because yes, they do have to own this as well. But you're supposed to be wheeling and dealing. That's what your role is. And he yeah. promised us a deal maker, a businessman that would push stuff through. So you, when it doesn't go through, you say it wasn't my fault. When it does go through, I'm doing great things. Yeah, you know, you can't have right. it both ways. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, he's, I think. You know, I, um, I I know I know we're going to be talking about it tomorrow, but I saw the movie LBJ recently. Oh, a great a deal maker. The great yes. deal maker. And yes. what was so fascinating to me about it was that you know Kennedy was sort of this show horse, right? He was this good-looking guy, but behind the scenes, LBJ was the deal maker. He was the workhorse. And I, I realized that you really have to be a consensus builder yes. when you are the president. And I'm surprised that he is unable to do that not only with the Republican Party, his own party, but with the Democratic Party as well. Why do you think he is incapable of building these Well, because he doesn't, because he, he doesn't, I think part of the problem is he has no idea of what he's doing, how he's doing stuff. Because I, I, I think that, you know, it, it appears oftentimes he doesn't know anything about the details of his, of his plans. He waffles in his positions. He asks his to vote for things that his constituents are clearly saying, look, this is not going to fly with us. Well, he's not yeah. a conventional yeah. Republican. He's a populist icon, which we have to remember that when we're discussing deal-making. I said this all throughout the election, that deal-making in business is not the same thing as deal-making in politics. Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, these are the heads that are really going to roll coming up in midterm elections. Steve Bannon, it is his life mission to drain the swamp. It's everybody's fault in Washington. And yet he hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> the opinion of the base of Trump supporters is that it's everybody's fault except Trump's, yeah. especially Mitch McConnell. McConnell. Like, yeah. I, if I were Mitch McConnell, I would probably be a little nervous right now. And it's fascinating to me, like you said, that he made so many large promises in the health care bill that he brought up with my father. That bill was something that Mitch McConnell took a page out of Harry Reid. He was doing this deal in private, trying to ram it through the Senate, mm -hmm. wasn't having any amendments, wasn't doing a lot of, you know, whipping up of the votes right. within the Senate, and it ultimately backfired. And I think until everyone learns to govern traditionally, maybe they'll get voted out of office. It's entirely possible. But this is a Republican right. Party problem as well that we're not working your dad together. Made a, I'm sorry, your dad made a great speech, though, now that I'm thinking about when he sat in front of Congress and said, we're not doing our job here. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're not doing it. Yeah. And I remember he called everyone out, and I was yeah. so moved by him saying, it's like, It's supposed nice. to be consensus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's surprising, sorry, what's surprising yeah. to me also is Republicans don't seem to be upset about this blame shifting. I remember when Hillary lost the election, everybody kept on saying, you need to take responsibility for your loss. Don't point the fingers yeah, yeah, anywhere yeah. else. But now you have this president pointing the fingers at the very people that were criticizing Hillary for not taking the the you know the blame for it. I don't understand. But his base, so, it's the height of hypocrisy. His base thinks that the the swamp is trying to sabotage him. Make no doubt about it. They don't think it's fault. It's his fault. They think that there's this large conspiracy that's trying to stop Trump's Who's agenda because he's Who's in the swamp. Who's in the swamp? Well, the the impression is that every elected. I mean, I, trust me. Everyone is yeah, the swamp except President swamp. Trump. Yeah. And it's yeah. fascinating that he's still so Mitch, is, Mitch is in the, in so, the swamp? Well, no. Mitch is the king it's of the a, swamp. It, well, now, but before, who was the king of the swamp, is the, the last guy who had the job, who had to get out because he was trying to work with yeah. Obama. Yeah. His name is gone from my head. What, Harry? But when we come uh, Harry Reid? Harry Reid? No, it's not Harry Reid. Uh, no, it's a Republican. A Republican. Oh, um, uh, sounds like it's crying, two uh, crying, <laughs> crying, crying. Thank you. John Boehner. John Boehner was in the swamp. He
All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be Americans. Some of those rights are being threatened, taken away, but we have to get out here and fight the good fight. You know, and it has to be done, folks. It has to be in a non-violent way. We know how to do things non-violently. So let's go out and make our voices heard, fighting non-violently. All right, they're talking about now cleaning up after Trump. <laughs> John Kelly, uh, White House Chief of Staff, uh, attempts to repair damage from Donald Trump's condolence call, was stirring up um, incomplete, but incomplete. Okay, Kelly says he advised Trump on what to say. Okay, all right. I had some kind of respect for this guy for some reason, but now I don't. I think Trump said what this on the phone. She said that there was more than one person in the car. They heard it, and I believe it. And because of Trump has a pattern of um, disrespecting military personnel, uh, and it took him two weeks to respond to say anything. I'm I, I'm on the side of the lawmaker, you know. I'm not on the side of of John Kelly or anybody else in the White House who who tries to clean up after Trump after he has made a boo boo uh, uh, around the world because he continues to make them. This guy should be thrown out of office now. John Kelly is cleaning up after him. He gave a I mean, he he interrupted Sarah Sarah Huckabee Sanders' um, White House press briefing. He came out there to try to set it straight, but he has not set anything straight. He has really, I mean, I respected this guy, but now I don't. I respected him. I thought he was going to bring some civility to the White House, apparently. That never happened. That will happen. That hasn't happened yet. He's trying to be so above the fray. And we know that this guy is unfit for office. He, he didn't exactly, Trump didn't say the, the quote that Trump uh, quoted to the um, uh, the family on the phone inside the limousine, which he, which allegedly it says that he said that, that this soldier who died in, in an attack on ISIS, an African-American soldier, he said that the soldier knew what he was signing up for. That is just so, and I believe he said it because Trump has a history of screwing up uh, and saying things or not doing what he should be doing with with the uh, military, people of the military. So John uh, Kelly has not uh, changed my mind one bit on Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump has said so much. I mean, he, he talks out of his ass, as we all know. He'll say things just to distract us. Uh, you know, things like he was going after people on the face on Facebook. He said something about um, the calm before the 
the, the calm before the storm. And everybody was saying, what the hell is he talking about? And suddenly we never heard anything else from that. He, Trump has also accused Obama of, uh, of hacking his, his uh, towers, his buildings. Nothing ever came of that. He said he had proof of that. There was no proof. Every time Donald Trump says something, he said he has proof. Is he taping? Is he taping uh, his calls? Some of us believe that Donald Trump is actually taping his calls. He taped his call to Comey. He said he taped his call to the lawmaker, Frederica Wilson, who uh, was in the car, and, and she said she heard him say um, at, uh, that he, the guy, the the, the husband, uh, the military um, person who was killed, uh, heard him say that he signed up. He he knew what he was signing up for. They all know what they're signing up for, but you you don't have to be so uh, rude and nasty, especially when the guy is dead. He he was killed on watch. This is Trump's. Hillary Clinton's Benghazi. There should be all kinds of hearings into this. And I'm pretty sure if, if, if Congress have hearings into what exactly happened to why these four um, uh, military men were killed on Trump's watch as Trump was trying to, uh, uh, trying to uh, build a stranglehold on ISIS, uh, it's going to be it's going to be something else. And they should. They shouldn't just say because Donald Trump is, is a Republican uh, that they shouldn't do this. They they drug Hillary uh, through the mud with this. And if she and if she was in office, if she had won the presidency, they would still be dragging her through this. They may have they may have even impeached her if she would have come president. Trump has <laughs> investigation or not investigation. Uh, into Russia, Trump should be thrown out of office on on a rail. This guy is just embarrassing. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't he doesn't want to learn. He doesn't he wants to do things his way and he can't. If it was up to Trump, he'd fire everybody. <laughs> he'd fire everybody, but it's not up to him. So he's pissed off be, uh, uh, because of that. And getting back to John Kelly, uh, his attempt to repair damage. I mean, he's defending Donald Trump and Donald Trump's behavior, obnoxious, narcissistic behavior, facet behavior, racist behavior. Behavior. Trump said lawmaker fabricated. I don't think she lied. I, I really, this woman doesn't seem like she has a reason to lie on Donald Trump. She has to work with Donald Trump. I don't. She doesn't. And plus, the mother. Of the of the dead soldier was in the car and she heard it. It was a limousine. It was a five, maybe four or five people in the car, including the driver, who may have heard it. So Trump and, and, and Trump and John Kelly really didn't say. I listened to some of it. it he really didn't say that Trump didn't say what the the lawmaker said. I think John Kelly is saying that he's disappointed in the lawmaker, uh, in the lawmaker, and the law, the lawmaker, which is uh, Frederica Wilson, because she uh, 
leaked all of this stuff to the press. I think that's where he's upset with her because he did not really that Trump did not say um, he knew what he was signing up for. But still in all, anybody who goes out here to try to defend this 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 person, Donald Trump, and I, I vaguely called him President Trump, uh, is not on my side. You know, I mean, hey, wow. I mean, uh, Donald Trump has lost the respect of the American people. He's, he has really, really trashed the presidency and the White House. You know, he has lost the trust of the American people. How can anybody um, govern and get things through and get things done without the American people on, on his side? I just don't understand that. He has lost the trust of the American people. And there's people out here uh, right now, billionaires, millionaires, who are trying, Democrats, uh, who are trying to upend Donald Trump, get him out of that office because they know that he's not fit. He's not well. And he, he, okay, it says something here. Donald Trump puts governor on spot. John Kelly, brokenhearted law over lawmakers' actions. He shouldn't be, especially because she's telling the truth. You know, uh, but like I said before, John Kelly never did say that Trump did not say that the dead soldier uh, knew what he signed up for. And there should be big time hearings on this. Uh, John McCain even thinks, Senator John McCain even thinks so, that this should be big time hearings on this. And I believe they will. Okay, Obama and Bush did get Trump on the same day. Yeah, because he's he's always evoking Obama's name. He's always trashing Obama. Okay, Bush Obama takes swipes at Trump on same day. Former President Barack Obama and George Bush both levied scathing criticism of the current state of politics in America during separate speeches. And they should. This man is pathetic. Okay, um... Yeah, they're coming out. A lot of them are coming out against Trump. It's not just the the poor, the middle class, the working public, but everybody is coming out against classic styling, smart features. Okay, everybody's coming out against Donald Trump and and what the hell this man is, and he's always dragging. He's always dragging Obama into something. He's dragging Hillary into something. Why? Why? I've said this a thousand times. The man has the man has a war against his own people. It's not Korea. It's not Russia. It's not Iran. It's a war against the people of the United States against Donald Trump. I'm looking at Obama right now. He's swiping at Donald Trump. George Bush taking a swipe at Donald Trump. I mean, you get Larry Flint offering offering ten million to anybody with some that will get him impeached. So Donald Trump's fight is with the American people, and he this is what he's dragging Obama into this. He wants to America to forget 
to have amnesia to forget that there ever that we had that we ever had a black president. He wants <laughs> us to forget it. He's he's trying to up in and, and wipe away Obama's legacy at every turn. But he's failing because people know that Trump is an asshole. People know that. And he will never, no matter how many laws or how many uh, uh, executive orders that he gives to up in Obama's uh, legacy, people know what's going on in the country. Former President sharply rebukes Trumpism. Yeah, of course. But they're going to they're gonna come Trump and his minions and his assholes and his ass kisses are going to be going all over the uh, uh, television set on cable TV, on talk shows, on the radio shows, all of this stuff, and denounce both George Bush and Barack Obama for standing up and criticizing Trump because he's ruining America. He's ruining this country. There ought to be millions of people coming out like that. Uh, uh, and try to uh, stop Trump from ruining the country. Right fire under the under the Republicans. This guy out of office. He doesn't know what he's doing, but he's doing what he's doing is a lot of damage to America. That there is no doubt about that. What he's doing is a lot of damage to America. So that this is why I say we have to vote this guy out if he's not thrown out before then, or if he's not. Or if he hasn't resigned by then, because I keep hearing that Donald Trump really wants to quit. He's just finding a way, ways to, to quit and to leave. Well, they, he's not doing a good job of it because he's still in office. <laughs> Making the world a better place <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right. that has gone viral, and he had an ultimatum for his fans that support the president. Any fan of mine who's a supporter of his, I'm drawing in the sand a line, you're either for or against. And if you can't decide who you like more in your split on who you should stand beside, I'll do it for you with this. You. The rest of America stand up. All right, here to discuss CNN political commentator Anna Navarro and Ben Ferguson. Nice to have both of you in studio. Good morning. So, Anna, let me start with you. What do you think about what Eminem did? You know, he obviously is a huge rapper. He has sold millions and millions of records. He has a big following. Do you think that, I mean, and he's in Michigan, which is significant politically. 
Do you think that this matters and gets any traction with his, you know, fan base? Look, I certainly cannot speak for his fan base. I am not a member of it. I can't, you know, other than Slim Shady, I'm not sure I could recognize a single song. I'm sure that comes, a, I'm sure that comes a huge shock to you. I come at this from a, a broader uh, freedom of speech aspect, right? And I think we are in the midst of a very broad and complicated freedom of speech debate in this country, whether it's flag, anthem, uh, you know, right-wing white supremacist ecologists, whether it is freedom of speech like we just saw exercised by Eminem, uh, the press, you know, the, the president of the United States threatening the press with taking away licenses from networks that he thinks are against him. There is a very broad freedom of speech going on uh, debate in, in the United States, and I think we have to be so vigilant about it. I come at this also from the, you know, the angle from being a political exile. I fled communism, as I said to you last night. I live in Miami. In Miami, my friend Gloria Stefan's songs, they can't be played in Cuba. It's illegal to play Gloria's songs in Cuba. Willie Chirino, illegal to play his songs in Cuba. Celia Cruz, illegal to play her songs in Cuba. And they're not even profane. They're just talking about freedom. So I think it is an aspect of America that makes us great. Freedom of speech. And we have to defend it, whether we like the content or not. Do you think, it, that, hold on one second, do yeah. you think that President Trump is encroaching on freedom of speech? Uh, I don't. I think he's challenging people, which is exactly what tells us we have real freedom of speech in this country. I think Eminem and what he did, flicking off the president, telling people you're either on my team or you're not against this president, you're no longer a part of my group is brilliant marketing by him. He's got an album coming out. But let's look at the source of this. I have no respect for Eminem. This is a guy that talks about how to rape women, how to assault women. This is a guy also politically that I don't put any stock in what he says because he's attacked George Bush when he had an album coming out. He attacked Hillary Clinton when he had an album coming out. He attacks now Donald Trump when he has an album coming out. He's an opportunist that understands that if you go out there and act like this Billy Bad A, and you rap about it, and you give the finger to the President of the United States of America, you're going to get millions of dollars in I think he might press. be giving the finger to his fans. But I, I, like, I think he's giving it to, way, he's definitely you, giving you it to Donald Trump, too. A, a but, but you don't but think he has whether, a moral high ground. I, I, no, he doesn't have a moral high ground because the guy literally has made a right. living. If you listen to his lyrics about wanting to kill people, choking women's vocal cords to the point where they can't speak at, while raping them, these are his new lyrics. This isn't 10 years ago lyrics. But I think that to Anna's point, but, but, but just one more thing about like the president saying that he's going to revoke, you know, news licenses uh, for the press. You don't yeah. think that that's I, look, I, on freedom I, of speech? I think the president has to be very careful to not go too far in that way. I think it's fine to point out bias or news stories that are inaccurate. Yeah, uh, I make different. a living off of those airwaves, right, as a talk show host. As yeah. a TV commentator. So Sean Hannity, by the way, who's right, dissing the media. Right, but, but, but I have a, I, I don't like it when we start talking about pulling someone's license. That, that's that, too that, far. I, I think that's too far in general. But I, but I also think that it's too far for a rapper to come out and to say that I'm going to give you that finger and that's I'm going to do but this. But a rapper's and, and the different part, than the president. But, it's different than the right, president. But, but when but the president look at all speaks, the people that, I mean, even he has Ellen, to be more careful. Right, but here's my thing. Even Ellen DeGeneres tweets out, I love Eminem. This is a woman who says that she would never have Trump on her show, but says she loves a rapper whose okay. lyrics talk about raping women. How can we not call that out as being absurd? Well, okay. but it's equally absurd for people to support a man who talked about grabbing women and then, you know, get all holy roller when it comes which, which, to a hip-hop rapper. So, you know, it's beyond too far for uh, Donald Trump 
to threaten to yank licenses because the, he doesn't like the content of what a network is saying. It is authoritarian. It is undemocratic. It is un-American. It is unconstitutional. And we should all be denouncing it strongly because, you see, the big danger here is that we all get numb to the crazy stuff Donald Trump says and think it's not going to end up being anything. But it really may be something. And I do think that it's affecting the national psyche. Look, what, what Eminem said... And like I tell you, I can't even talk about his former lyrics because I don't know anything about his former lyrics. I did hear what he said now. And what he said now, yes, laced with a lot of profanity, is what a lot of people are saying about the wall, about, you know, how dare Donald Trump talk about patriotism when he has been beating up on John McCain, who is a patriot and who is a hero. So a lot of the things that he was voicing are being voiced around kitchen tables, not but, but in I, rap I, I, and yeah, not with profanity, a, think, but yes, the content. And, but, but and, to, and when he says, when he says to his fans, you know, uh, here's a line in the sand. Let me tell you, that is very symptomatic of America right now. Certainly not in those words, but it's going on in American families. It's going on in American workplaces. There's division. Where there are and, lands. And, yeah, but I also think the left has to be very careful to not wrap themselves around, just like Ellen DeGeneres did, for example, a guy who is so disgusting and vile towards women okay. just because but ben, he's anti-Trump. But Ben, I could turn that exactly around. I could say the right has got to be very careful not to wrap themselves around a guy who is so disgusting and vile that he talked about grabbing women. Again, I denounced that and I said that it was inappropriate when it happened. I never defended Donald Trump when he said that and I said it was absolutely wrong. I'm consistent in what I'm saying here about the standard. But I think what we're also seeing, and it worries me, is that we now are in a culture where it doesn't matter what your resume says, how vile, how disgusting, how, how sick you are, and, and misogynist towards women, that the left will come out and wrap their arms around Eminem and send out tweets saying, I love you, when this is what you're selling. And remember, well, Ellen DeGeneres should look at this. Ellen, Ellen comes out almost every day, though, and talks about women. Let's, let's look at Ellen here. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash gwilder uh, or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank you very much for that. And as always, good reading. This is George Wilder Jr. And keep listening. There's always more to come. All right. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, George. All right. Uh, seems like everybody is talking about not Bill Cosby, but Harvey Weinstein. He's a, a war. He's a uh, producer of movies. I mean, he is a, well, I'm pretty sure everybody has heard about his uh, sexual assault <laughs> or groping uh, of women in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I'm hearing now that there is a police investigation into his actions. He may have raped a few people. Harvey Weinstein, the great movie producer. If you if you have any movies in your house, any CDs, DVDs, uh, movies, he might have been uh, he might have produced those movies or dis or distributed some of those movies that you have in your uh, DVD uh, library. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of. I'm a great big fan of Quentino, 
And I have just about every movie that he's made right here in my man cave in my studio. And uh, he has come out and he has spoken against Harvey Weinstein, who has produced, uh, distributed uh, uh, a lot of his and uh, he said he known sexual abuse, alleged sexual abuse against Harvey Weinstein. He he said he's not it, but he he he's sorry or remorseful that he didn't actually speak up about it then because he just was he just thought it, thought it was just some guy just chasing a woman around the desk or something, but it was a lot more than that. Okay, Academy Award, Academy Award winner. Award-winning filmmaker Quentin Tarantino for decades has has been hearing about Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein alleged sexual abuse, and he regrets not taking accusations the accusations seriously. Okay, um, I'm quoting Quentin Tarantino here. He's saying that quote I knew enough to do more than I did. Okay. And there was more to it than just normal normal rumors, the normal gossip. It wasn't secondhand. I knew he did a couple of these things. So uh, Qu- uh, Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino, knew that Harvey Weinstein was uh, allegedly uh, sexually abusing a lot of uh, movie stars, female movie stars. Uh, at, at least 40 women have accused Harvey Weinstein of rape, assault, or sexual harassment, including Ashley Judd. I have her here on my show in a clip. Ashley Judd, Gwyneth Paltrow, Angelina Jolie, and TV journalist Lauren Sivan. It's more than that, and you know, it's more than that. But these are just a few. Tarantino, Tarantino, and Weinstein have been longtime friends and business associates. Associates. Weinstein distributed or produced several of Tarantino's films, including Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, and The Hateful Eight, which I, ha- which I have have in my studio here. I have all three of those movies and more because I'm a big fan of Quentin Tarantino. I think I think some of his movies are you know, I think they're okay, they're violent, <laughs> they're bloody, but they're action-filled and they're entertaining and and I do like like his movies. All right, Tarantino also told the Times, New York Times that over the years he had heard numerous stories about Weinstein's behavior including from his former girlfriend, okay? With many rumors, he chalked it up to a 50s, 60s era image of a boss chasing a secretary around the desk, Tarantino said. Uh, And I'm quoting him again. This is a quote. What I did was marginalize these incidents. Basically, he's saying, "I, I knew about what was going on, but I didn't think much about it. Anything I say now will sound like a crappy excuse. You know, so he's saying he knew about Weinstein's behavior toward Hollywood women, but he didn't say anything. So, you know, that kind of make him aiding and abetting Weinstein. I, I believe Quentin Tarantino 
isn't all that clean himself when it comes to women. Because if you watch uh, the 1995 um, special features, 1995, um, uh, what was it? I can't think of the movie now. It's a 95 movie with George Clooney and um, Juliette Lewis. So we'll get back on that. All right. Um, Along with regretting not speaking up, Tarantino said he regrets continuing to work with Weinstein. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of stuff hits the fan when (laughs) when when you're on ice, when you're on the hot seat. Excuse me. And he called on others who knew what was going on to acknowledge that there was something rotten in Denmark. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, Tarantino actually sounds like he's trying to uh, not implicate himself in this, you know, because he's saying that he was an innocent bystander, even though he knew about Weinstein's behavior. I think uh, Quentin Tarantino's behavior c- can also be questioned, you know. Uh, you know, but, you know, these people are going to come out and say things. So, you know, all right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is 710 uh, uh, Central Standard Time in Chicago. I hope it's great where you are. I hope you're having a good time. I hope you're listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show and gaining a little bit of not something that maybe you didn't know about or or if you did know about about it. So, you know, so what, what's the big deal? All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me right here on Block Talk Radio. Here is Rachel Maddow. This has been a weird whiplash kind of news cycle. We're going to do a little Late bit of night, it. The administration announced suddenly loud enough? that it will deliberately throw a wrench into the American health care system. Uh, a policy change from the administration that didn't have to go through Congress. It will have the effect of costing the government about $200 billion over the next 10 years. In exchange for spending all that extra taxpayer money, there will be an estimated 1 million Americans who will lose their health insurance coverage altogether because of this change. And health insurance costs are likely to go up for everyone. So that's worth paying for. That's a heck of a bargain. Uh, This is not um, repeal or replace when it comes to Obamacare. This is just paying a lot of taxpayer money to make the health care system work more poorly and cost more and insure fewer people. So sure, why not? Uh, That news from late last night. Uh, And that was followed today by the president flinging another wrench into the Iran nuclear deal. That nuclear deal was not just between the United States and Iran. It was between all For the last few days, Donald Trump's been trying to figure out how to explain to the public why he doesn't care about dead U.S. soldiers. And his explanations are getting even more bizarre than they were at the beginning. Uh, In case you hadn't really been following the story or were not aware of what was going on, um, the bodies of four U.S. soldiers who were killed in an ambush attack in Niger recently returned to the United States this weekend. Rather than be there as these bodies uh, were, were delivered back to the United States, Donald Trump was out golfing. And so immediately, uh-huh. and, and rightfully so, Donald Trump uh, took a lot of heat for not being there uh, as past presidents had done. It, it's a very standard, typical thing. It's neither Republican nor Democrat. 
It's just what a good leader and decent human being does in this particular situation. Donald Trump thought his time would be better served playing golf. So, again, Donald Trump got a lot of heat for this. So his initial response was, hey, listen, I've done more for the families of fallen U.S. soldiers than any president in history. Ask Obama, you know, what he did. Trying to somehow say that other presidents did not do the things that they are well documented as doing. Uh, There's photographic evidence. There's video evidence. There's statements made. Uh, One particular thing Donald Trump decided to throw out after that excuse didn't work was saying that Barack Obama never called uh, General John Kelly, Donald Trump's chief of staff, after his son was killed in action. Well, that also turns out to be not true. And in fact, uh, Obama hosted General Kelly at a Gold Star uh, family's breakfast. So yes, Obama did uh, speak with General Kelly about his son's death. Donald Trump's lying in this situation is not only a little bit more bizarre than usual, but it's also very easy, easy to verify as false. His lies are getting out of control. His ignorance and his arrogance is getting out of control. And what worries me, what really has me concerned at this point, is that this kind of behavior from Trump is becoming normalized. You know, the headlines from the, the corporate media are saying, oh, you know, Donald Trump, you know, bends the truth. Donald Trump uh, falsely states, just friggin' say that Donald Trump lied. I'm tired of this dancing around the language, dancing around the issue. The man is mentally unstable. He is a pathological liar. He has a a, a very severe problem with telling the truth. And especially in this particular situation when we're talking about United States soldiers uh, that were killed overseas, probably, you know, if I'm going to have to say there's only one time where you can't lie, probably going to be about dead U.S. soldiers because that's, you know, about the height of disrespect. The same kind of disrespect that you're accusing NFL people of having towards the United States. I can't think of anything more disrespectful than not showing up as part of your job to receive these bodies and then lying about it and undermining and convincing the public that past presidents were just as callous and weak in leadership as you all right i totally agree i i totally agree i think trump all this he this guy is a pathological liar he just lies through his teeth he lies every morning he wakes up he lies and he lies when he tweets and he's just unfit for office and this is going going to go into the 2018 elections November 6, 2018, and we're going to clean house. If Donald Trump is still in office by then, he, the Democrats get in, he will be impeached if the Democrats, you know, have the balls to do that. You know, because one of the reasons why people are going to vote the Democrats back in because they want to see Trump impeached, want to see his ass kicked out of the White House kicked out of the Oval Office, kicked out on Pennsylvania Avenue. This is what we want to see. This man is dirtying up the White House. He's, he's demeaning the presidency. He's demeaning America. He has lost the respect of the American people. How can you 
and he has a war with the American people. Anybody who doesn't like him, who uh, criticizes, criticizes him, he comes after. That means if you say it could be anybody in the world, anybody in, in America, if you criticize Donald Trump and he knows about you and he knows how to get at you, he's coming after you. As he as he said in one of his um, many, many uh, uh, talks, he fights back. He fights back. He's one man against 327 million Americans. He fights back. Even some of the, if you think about it, even some of the uh, leaders from other countries are calling Donald Trump an imbecile. They're calling him crazy and, 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 and mentally ill. People from other countries, leaders from other countries, they're not afraid of Donald Trump. They're saying he's crazy. And they know that Americans can't stand Donald Trump. They don't want, they know that the Americans don't like him. Other leaders from other countries, they're calling him mentally unstable. And I've heard people say that if Donald Trump really wants to stay in office, Donald Trump is going to start a war. They say because that's, the only thing that's going to keep him in office, I, I'm hoping he doesn't start a war, but I know North Korea isn't backing down uh, from a war. They feel if, they feel if uh, America wants war with Korea, North Koreans feel they will win the war over America. Yeah, they feel that they would win it. And they're calling Donald Trump, like some of the other world leaders, they're calling him an imbecile. They're saying he's mentally ill. They're saying he's crazy, which he is, but that's, that's, that's weakening America. This is what this asshole has brought to America. You know, we have sunken so down, we've sunken so low down on the world's stage. It's pathetic because of this man. And he gives himself a 10 out of 10 for Puerto Rico. Gives himself. Like he did great in Puerto Rico. 80% of Puerto Ricans, they don't even have running water or electricity. And this man is giving himself a 10 out of 10 for uh, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico was hit by a hurricane. You know, it was devastated. It was totally, in some areas, totally destroyed. Trump, as president, didn't even know <laughs> that Puerto Rico, just like the Virgin Islands, he didn't even know that Puerto Rico was a continent belonging to the United States. He didn't even know the Virgin Islands belonged to the United States. The U.S. Virgin Islands, he didn't even know that. You would think, and, and the thing about it, um, a lot of people say in the White House saying that he doesn't really want to know anything. He doesn't give a damn about knowing it. He just gets out, he embarrasses himself, and he, he embarrasses the rest of the country. And he does it time and time and time again. Um, uh, it was something said the, the other day that Donald Trump will go down in history as the worst president ever. And that's not the George Wilder Jr. saying that. That is uh, the American people saying that. 
he will go down in the world as the worst president ever. And that's so embarrassing to uh, the United States. All right, America is no place for dictators. America is no place for kings or emperors. The people are the leaders. The people are in control. As for the George Wilder Jr. show, hate has no home here. We can't say that for the White House because what you get in the White House, white supremacy, white, white nationalists, racism, stupidity, gangster style, <laughs> gangster style in the White House. Trump is the godfather, you know, <laughs> the mafia, you know, all of this stuff is in the White House. And we have to clean it out. We have to uh, take a broom and sweep the White House out of all of that garbage and trash in the White House. Uh, and then, we got, then we're going to have to, uh, no doubt about it, November 6th, 2018, we have really got to take the rake to Congress. We got to rake out that Congress. We got to change Congress. And if Trump is still in, still in, is still president, as I've said earlier, hopefully the Democrats will have the balls to do what they said they were going to do. That that would be to impeach him, impeach him, throw that, throw that guy, throw him out of the White House and get America back on its footing again. Get America out of the sewer that this man has put it in. You know, he doesn't know shit about, excuse my language, he doesn't know anything about America. And he doesn't want to learn. He wants to do what he wants to do. He wants to, at one point, Donald Trump wanted to dominate the entire world, but the world found out that he was nutty. It ain't gonna happen to dominate everything he is so pissed he's mad <laughs> even the uh, uh online publications the newspapers uh the news outlet they are making fun of donald trump i mean you think about new york the new york post the new york times the new york anything if it's if it's a written publication there's something negative there about donald trump because donald trump claims he's from new york you know, and if you think about it, Donald Trump did not work his way up to gain his millions that he has or billions, whatever. Some people are saying that he doesn't have anything because he's on the bottom. He's on the bottom list of Forbes, of one of Forbes, uh, the Forbes magazine uh, millionaires. He's way, way, way down there. I think Bill Gates is up at the top, but Donald Trump is way, way, way down there. And they're saying the reason why we don't see his taxes is there is something uh, uh, there's something there that's incorporating Russia. We'll never know because Donald Trump won't show that even though Congress has the right to subpoena his his taxes, but they're aiding and abetting him. So it's not going to happen. But the Democrats probably will to give them more fire to impeach him. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. I want to thank the caller, callers who called in the show today. We didn't have a guest because uh, something went wrong. But <laughs> next week, folks, we're going to have some great guests. We're going to have some great guests on the show. It's, if it's 
happens, if it doesn't happen, will still go on. And um, because I, I, I just love what I do. Here is uh, here is Frederica Wilson. If we can get a little bit of this in. Hey, now we were just talking about that shocking phone call from the new guy to a fallen soldier's widow. And joining us live right now is the Florida Congresswoman who witnessed the call. Please welcome Congresswoman Frederica Wilson. Hey. <laughs> Congresswoman, so you, were in, you, you say you were in the car. Uh, the new guy in the office says he has proof of what he says. Can you tell us what you heard? Well, uh, I heard him say... Uh, well, you know, this is what he signed. I'm sure he knows that this is what he signed up for, but it still hurts. And the saddest part of this, he kept referring to LaDavid as your guy. He never called his name. It was almost as if he forgot his name. And that's what hurt the mother so badly, the wife. She said he doesn't even know his name. Yeah. Mm. Congressman, do you think President... Ladies and gentlemen, the George Wilder Jr. Show has now arrived. Heaven help the child who never had a home Heaven help the girl who walks the streets alone Heaven help the roses if the bombs begin to fall Heaven help the black man if he struggles one more day Heaven help the white man if he turns back away Hatred from the mighty and 
the mighty from the spawn. Everybody for listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thank you. I appreciate out of time. <laughs> Have a everybody. We'll see you next week, starting Monday. Bye bye. You don't like my shit. Well, I'm evicted. I've got. I think I've got that. Or did have it.